Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Kim Araman. Kim is a certified career and interview coach that helps clients stand up from the crowd and land their dream job without endlessly applying online. Her aim is to support you in finding fulfillment in your career and has developed a framework that ensures you get desired results within 90 days. During this episode, we discuss how to nail your interview. We talked about the importance of mindset and inner confidence in landing your dream job and what are the biggest mistakes people make in looking for jobs and how can we create the right processes to ensure we get desired results. And the last message she wanted to share is the only thing stopping you from doing something is yourself. So break down those barriers, find your why, and go after what you truly want. Please welcome to the show, Miss Kim Araman. Thank you, Homer, for having me, Khaled. It's a pleasure being here. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, so, Kim, I came across you, uh, I think, earlier this month, and I took a look at the work you do uh, as a as a pure career coach. So I've had some career coaches uh, in the past. They did a couple of other things, but there's a couple of things that you did that really stood out to me that I'm like, this seems really interesting and I haven't heard about it before. So I'd love to dive in uh, to talk about it. Like you said, um, on your website and so on with COVID, the past two years, the job market has been crazy. So many people have been affected. And not just that, a lot of people have either left to start their own business or have are you know have reached that point that they're trying to find their dream career you know that the perfect job the one they've always wanted and so on so i thought this is a perfect time to have someone like you on the show and to learn from your experience and i think a lot of the audience would benefit from that but before we get into everything kim why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there sure um so a bit about myself i'm not different from you in a sense that you know um, I've had my own career path, I would say, that went through ups and downs, same as everyone. Uh, so just sharing that as well as information, I think is important for people to understand that everyone passes through uh, not similar things, but similar experiences, let's say. It's not always up or always down. This is how life challenges you as well, which is what it's, what's exciting about it. So I started my, my career in corporate, in the corporate world. Um, same as a lot of people, I would say, for the past te- a decade, I would say, the past 10 years. I've been in Dubai for eight years, which is most of my professional experience. Um, I started in advertising, actually. Uh, this is where, you know, I thought um, the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Sure. So I think advertising, it's cool. We're going to create these ads and everything. 
Uh, but I was working in client servicing, not in creative. And that's a bit of a, you know, in my sense, not challenging enough for me. Okay. So this is when I left the advertising world to go into marketing, which was my first baby, let's say, because this is what I, where I did my internships. And I was lucky enough, I would say, in marketing to really go into immediately the Fortune 500 companies, like right after university, right? Like I've joined, Coke was my first company, I would say. And that's, I would say I, I was lucky in a sense as well that obviously I got it because of the interviews and everything. Uh, it was based in Paris, so I didn't know anyone there at the time. There was no networking there, I would say. <laughs> but it's something where if you're, if you're passionate about marketing, it's obviously the best you can get. Yeah. Um, and that's good and not so good. Good because it sets the bar high. Not so good because everything that comes after is like your benchmarking versus that, right? But it was an amazing experience. And I've, I've done a different stunts in marketing. And I was actually realizing, you know, after some time that I was changing jobs every year and a half or two on average. Um, so I would say two is my longest time. I would say what I've spent, you know, in, in the same company. And it was always exciting at the beginning, right? Where you're joining a new company, new people. It's amazing brands. And I was looking to work really on amazing brands. Uh, so there's that excitement going. And I really also like marketing. But there was always something where I don't feel fulfilled. Mm. There is something missing. There is something not clicking. There is like... But what's next? And you know, with our generation, I would say, and even more with the new generation, we have that itch going, right? Like it's not with our parents where you stick to one company, <laughs> you just can't gather, you're patient enough to wait for things to come around. Um, we're not there, right? Like the world today is not the same it used to be. And this is where we, we constantly need to feel challenged. And I was like, but what's next? You go into the same things. And I, was, I felt like something was missing. And I started asking myself questions in terms of, okay, I could see I was different in a sense that some people settle and they were happy with what they were doing or they were not bothered enough, let's say, and that's okay. Sure. But for me, it was a problem because I wanted to, you know, you spend 70% of your time at work, right? So you need to make it count in my point of view anyway. I need that urge to make it count or I'm not productive enough. And this is where I came into career coaching because I realized that um, I loved interviews. Okay. <laughs> I know it's not something usually here. I would say that's not the norm. True. But I really love interviews. Like I love the challenge of selling yourself, of getting an unexpected question. And that, that was the fun part for me. It's like, what are they going to ask me? You know, are they going to ask me something I'm not expecting? Or are they going to ask me the boring questions of, how, like, you know, tell me about yourself or do you see yourself in five years, et cetera, et cetera. And this is what got me thinking. Like I was good at interviews, but at the same time, I was like, what can I do with it? It's like, it wasn't clicking yet, you know, in terms of things. Yeah. And I realized, you know, uh, the past uh, two years and more that I actually, you know, this was the time um, that I wanted to actually take it further and do something about it. And I went into career coaching because it's not just about interviews, of course. It's also more importantly about finding that fulfillment and helping others not be in the situation where I was and settle for something where they could get more and they can have more. Yeah. And this is what I today. Awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that story. I, I always like hearing the journey my guests have had to get to whatever they're doing now or to, you know, the career that they have now. So I really appreciate that. Um, I wanted to come back, first of all, something that you, you mentioned, which was how you said when you you get a new job, it's very exciting, whatever you have that initial thing, it's a new company, it's a new challenge, it's a new whatever the case might be. But then that tends to 
listening to you, it seems like it, it, it would fall away and you, like demotivation comes in, you get comfortable in the job and so on. And I think you made a key, you said a key word there, which was you weren't feeling fulfilled, which is something that I can, you know, relate to as well. But the question I had for you is, I think a lot of people have, are experiencing that either now or have experienced this, uh, something similar in the past. So the question I have for you, I guess, you know, since you've been doing this now for, <clears throat> for about two years, have you... What do you think is the reason so many people keep falling into that? Why does is that such a common thing that you hear from people that, you know, I'm not fulfilled or it's just, you know, it started off great and now it's it's just not what it was? <laughs> no, that's a great question. Um, it's very simple, actually, I would say. You need something to drive you. You need a bigger motivation other than the day-to-day -day or your salary or, you know, or your career path or whatever, to keep you going on that path. And the only way it will click is if you actually find something you're passionate about and really excited about that level that you can keep doing it every day, no matter what challenge gets thrown at you. Got you. And this is why it's so important to understand how do I actually know what I want to do? It's about really understanding what is your purpose? And I'm not saying purpose in the cliche sense of way of, yeah, I need to, you know, um, take the fort and go do big things. It's not necessary that it's for everyone the same. That's, that's just cliche. True. But what we mean by purpose is actually finding that inner drive, mm. that understanding of why do I want to keep doing that in terms of things. You need to have a bigger reason, a bigger why behind it that will keep you going when the times I would say get tough or when you have like challenging times where you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. And this is the only way it would really actually give you fulfillment, which we want to, mm. we want to make sure that we get from work in the first place. You find fulfillment because you're actually really happy with what you're doing, whether it's the good things and the not so good things, the overall balance, of course, always needs to be positive more than negative. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's such a great point that, I guess, uh, as people would say, coming back to that, why, you know, what's the reason I'm taking this job? Is it like besides the salary and the job and responsibility itself, it's more about what does the, is this job or does this job give me that sense of fulfillment that I'm looking for necessarily? And I think, like you said, I think it really explains perfectly why people seem to either burn out or start to feel this way is because I think a lot of times for the majority of people myself included in the past when I was looking for a job I was just looking for a job you know I knew what I did I knew my position I didn't care about the company I didn't care about that I just needed a job and you know even in my experience that uh, I, I ended up at the same place that you did um, but something that um, so I was taking a look at your website and you said there's three key reasons why we seem to fail or we're not getting the jobs we want or, or you know we haven't found that fulfillment in our career and the first one was I want to dive into each uh, each one of them but the first one really was interesting because you spoke about it I guess a couple of times which was fighting the wrong enemy and I'm like okay what is I'm like that's interesting I'm like what does Kim mean by that and you talked about how even not even necessarily in the interview process, just your outlook on finding a new job would have that negative mindset. You'd have a negative mindset about it. I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough for this job or, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to get this job. So 
like reading what you were talking about, I guess I never really took into consideration the importance of inner confidence and mindset before, not even necessarily in the interview process, which is very important as well, but just from the beginning, you know, having, developing that mindset, getting your headspace in the right, in the right state of mind to start looking for work. So could you tell us more about why it's so important to, to have that positive mindset before you even start? No, hundred percent. And, and, you know, mindset is when I work with my clients is the first thing we do. You can do anything else if you don't start with your mindset, because in a sense, this is what is the, 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 the starting, I would say the starting point going anywhere, right? If you have everything else, but you don't have mindset, you're still going to have a piece of that puzzle missing. Mm. And your puzzle is never going to be complete without that, no matter what you do. Because at the same time, beyond interviews or before, beyond anything else, who do you think are the people that are hired today? I guess the people that... I think one thing I've learned, or one thing I'm... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that either um, show that they have a certain type of attitude and personality that is that's what attracts them like okay maybe technically they don't have the skills but they have the right attitude that we would want in the company or that would fit with the culture that we're trying to develop 100 percent. and if you look around you and i would invite people that are you know watching or listening to us as well like if you look at people that have got that got jobs not all of them are the best qualified i'm not saying they're not qualified i'm saying they're not necessarily the best qualified yeah. in what they do but they are the ones that get the position because at the end of the day, a skill is great to have and is needed. Of course, it's not like I'm going to go without any skills, but what's more important is why would the person want to hire you in the first place? A skill is something that you're learning. We're not in university anymore. You're not there just to apply the practical, the theoretical side, sorry, the theoretical side in terms of things. It's more practical yeah. in terms of what difference can you make to the business? And once they can actually see that, and once you actually convince them, this is when they'll want to take a chance on you. And this is the big difference. And this is why mindset is so important. Beyond interviews or anything, it's throughout in terms of process. Even when you land the job in the company in the first place, you're still going to have to have a positive mindset because you have a different set of challenges when you walk into a new company. Of course. And I think you, uh, you made a really good point that um, number one, that's where you start from when you work with your clients and not, it doesn't just, I think something that maybe I didn't even consider as well. It's not just about getting the job that you need to have that mindset. It's about, okay, now we have the job and we're in the company. We need that mindset, I guess, to carry us through, to get to, you know, where we're trying to go in that company or to grow in that company or to develop the right connections in that company. So that's something that I didn't really consider before. I thought I'm like, okay, it's great to get the job. But I never thought about the after thing. And I think a lot of people maybe don't take that into consideration. And keep in mind, I mean, mindset is something that's important also beyond work. Like obviously in your, in your personal as well, right? Like if you have a certain goal, maybe a personal goal you want to achieve, mindset is, is, you know, very important. Take something simple as, you know, getting fit or, you know, being healthier. Yes, of course, you need to put the effort, same as your job search, you need to put the effort, like the actual tangible efforts in terms of driving results behind that. But you also need to be mentally strong enough for you to keep going. Mm. And that's how important mindset is in terms of things. 100%. Uh, I think you made a great point that it, 
it's besides where it applies to so many it applies to literally every single area of your life your personal relationships family the whole you know the whole shebang as i'd say um the second point that and this is the one that i think is probably the most crucial one which is and it's combination of the two reasons which is um hiding in the crowd and following an old process now specifically on i guess the the old process because i watched uh the, the talk you had on dubai one and you were talking about how something simple that a lot of people don't do myself i didn't do this in the past either which was like you know tailoring your cv to that job using the right keywords yeah. the descriptions and so on you know it would just be a blanket cv okay my cv's done and i just bombard everyone and you know that's the hope it's kind of a numbers game if i apply to 100 i might get two interviews maybe one i'll get you know it's just a it's just a numbers game when it comes to that um so the question i have is why do the majority why are the majority of people why are we why is that still the same why are we still using that same approach why is maybe there a lack of education and understanding that there's a there's a whole it's a whole new ball game right now it, and we need to start doing things differently. I think it's also that people try to find the easy way out. That's a fair point. Because yeah. it's but unfortunately, what they don't realize is you might send a thousand resumes, but you might even get zero response. Because keep in mind that it doesn't work the same way it did before. So now you have, you know, platforms obviously like LinkedIn, which used to be there in the past, but use it in a very different way. So you have software systems that we call applicant tracking software systems, ATS softwares. And these softwares are used by any size of companies these days, not just large companies, for them to be able to help them filter through the applications that are sent to them. Because it's impossible for any human resource department in these days, no matter how big or small it is, to go through the numbers of applicants that are applying for one single job. Yeah. You look at LinkedIn, like a job that is not even like, you know, coming from a Fortune 500 company or not even that big in terms of, you know, uh, you know, uh, seniority level or whatnot, we'll still get a couple of hundred or a couple of thousand sometimes uh, applicants on that single job, right? And it's impossible for someone to go through them. So they use these softwares. And this is where your numbers game don't make sense anymore. Because if your resume is not tailored well enough to beat these software systems, then you will not even be visible. Mm. You will not even get the pile of, you know, selected resume to begin with. Yeah. So this is how it's important for people to understand and to realize it is job searching is a full-time job in its own. If you're serious about looking for a job, whether you're employed or unemployed, you really need to put your effort, you know, where your mouth is, let's say in, in, in another sense of word, like, you know, you really need to keep going to really give it the right time for you to be able to do that. And that starts also with your resume. That's the first piece of, you know, information that goes out there that will give you the chance of getting something. Yeah. So not doing that will actually be shooting in the air. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to, but imagine the, 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 I would say the minimal percentage of chance that you have that it comes back, back, back down where you want it. I would say it's very, it's very small. It's not impossible, but it's very small. Yeah. And you would realize because a lot of people come to me and they, and they actually say, but I've been sending, you know, and I've been applying and I've been doing this and I've been doing that, but you're still not getting results, right? Mm. So I mean, something in your process is not working. 
are you it's all about tailoring it also it needs to be it needs to be logical when you're tailoring your resume one thing is to beat the software the second thing is when you're landing in front of the person it also needs to make an impact right i don't want to repeat like a robot whatever is written on the job description but then when the person reads it it doesn't click yeah so then good luck you pass the first test but then <laughs> you're failing at the next test so it really is um, a process that needs to be you know thought through that needs to be tailored that needs to be understood for you to be able to have a chance of getting out there yeah um i think one thing i guess that i i didn't take into consideration but i, I was aware of is uh the, the softwares that you're talking about you know application tracking software is that you know filter out out of a thousand they'll filter out to like a hundred and so on so one i understand uh what you're talking about when you say it's like when the CV, let's say your CV gets picked, that's one, that's like, it's like two separate jobs in a way. How do we make it now stand out to the person that's receiving it? But I guess the question I'm still not sure about is how do we beat those softwares? Because even if my CV looks very nice and you know it's done well and so on, what is, I guess, the key to, because that's the first door, you know, we have to pass that first door. Then we can think about, I guess, the more a more person like making it look better and have adding that logic that you were talking about um as well into the cv so i wanted to just dive a little bit deeper into how do we start beating these softwares because i think that's step one and then comes in you know the per a deeper personalization and making it stand out and so on no for sure so in terms of you know personalized resume there are specific formats that people need to follow of course that they would get, you know, when they when they seek out external help, they're also available. Of course, there are different formats in terms of things, but they need to understand as well that your resume needs to be also telling a story. Okay. It's not just a simple, you know, document in terms of transactional document in terms of things. So there is personalizing, but there is also the story that needs to flow throughout the personalization in terms of things. It's really important to make sure it's not about adding any information I want to do, I want to have, sorry. It's really about adding information that would make sense to the other person that would read it, not what I want to put. And that's mm. where people fall into the trap, you know, in terms of I have so many achievements, I want to put everything out there. I'm like, yeah, but what matters? It's not about what you want to show. What would make a difference for this job that you would want them to know that will give you a chance of getting that interview in the first place? That's super important because that's the first game i would say in terms of um in terms of having a chance of you know standing out as we say from the crowd and everything is really make sure you making sure you master these points for you to be able to stand out from the crowd and get a chance of getting called back for an interview or something like that yeah i think that's i think you made a really good point about not because i think a lot myself included and i think a lot of people like on our cv when I'm applying for a job, my mindset at least has been, I need to show the most, like I need to show the most of what I've done to give myself, you know, that credibility, that value, like, oh, this person has done one, two, three, four. But like you said, if there's no, st if what I'm putting in my resume doesn't translate to the job I'm applying to or doesn't fit in the story I'm trying to create, I guess like, I guess it doesn't really make sense because I think we think of, I think a big thing I'm like realizing right now is shifting from how would I, how do I want my resume to read or 
and how do I want the um, like the 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 like whoever's receiving the CV? How do I want them to read it? And I think that's a very clear distinction, but it's almost counterintuitive to what we're used to, at least. You know what I mean? It does. It's not something that we're very familiar with, and so on. So I guess what when and keep in mind that thing. I mean, when we're talking about the modern days of recruitment, right? Like how recruitment is done these days. This is where this is how it's done today. We don't know how it's going to be in three years time or in one year time, let alone two years time, you know, in terms of things. This is where things keep changing. Mm. So for us to be able to keep, you know, keep sending out, because maybe it's not necessary that you're looking for a job today, maybe you would be in a year's time, or maybe you would be wanting to move in two years time. It might not be that it is what it is today as well, because things change so fast. Same as, you know, digital and everything else that you need to keep up with the trend and how things are moving. We don't know how things will evolve. Maybe there will be more than applicant tracking software system. Maybe there will be robotic interviews. How do we know what happens in terms of things, you know? True. There are, they probably, some of them are already using, you know, robotic interviews free, at least for first round in terms of things that actually also gauge language and expression and everything. So it's also keeping up with these trends that is important to understand that it is an effort that is required from your side, whether it's today or whether it's in six months or in a year's time, that will still require you. It's again, how much do you really want it? For you to be able to have that, you need to have it as a top priority. It cannot be that I'm interested you know, in, in changing jobs. Okay, and are you actually willing to do the effort that is required to be able to you know, do what's necessary for you to search for that, so to search that job? There's a very big difference between that between being interested in searching for a new job and actually wanting that change. It's not like it was before where you sit and you wait for an opportunity to come. Maybe it will come and maybe it won't come. So it depends how much you really want it. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, like you said, the qu there's a big difference between being interested and putting in, like, like, you, like we said earlier, it's a full time, looking for a job is a full time job. You know, there's so yeah. there's so many different things you have to be doing, so many different um, things you need in place. But like your CV, for example, I just talked about LinkedIn. Your you know your brand. Who are you? Um, and I think that is a clear distinction. That I think, and sometimes when you're in a job, I think um, you might want to change jobs, but you don't you don't look at it necessarily in that like aggressive way. You know, you're like. I'm looking around, you know, I have my job now, but I, I don't want to be here. I'm not happy here. I do want something else. But because I have this security of my job right now, I'm like browsing around and it will come whenever it comes. But if you've lost a job or if you're out of work and looking for a job, I feel that motivation is 10 times, you know, more, you know, more towards what you're trying to do. No, 100%. And it's important to realize that, you know, I, I don't think like, it would be, it would not be wise, I would say, to, to wait till you have that tension point that throws you to the point where you actually have no choice but to actually look for something. Because you're always in a, in a, in a position of authority and power to be able to negotiate with the other person, to be able to choose what you want in the first place when you still have that job, yeah. but you know you're not happy with it. Or you know something is not 100%, you know, making you fulfilled, let's say, as we talk, spoke about before. And it's important for you because it needs to be a problem in the first place. If it's not a problem for you, then there is no point for you to search for something else. Sure. If it is and you're not challenged and it's starting to impact other areas of your life, 
which was, I think, the case for both of us, I would say, and other, other people out there, this is where I would invite people to actually don't do that. Don't wait till the point where you're in the corner and you have to find a job because you're going to be in a position where you might not be able to choose. And that's mm. actually having the opposite effect. You're going to have to find something immediately to then being able to maybe think about, you know, um, choosing something. And you know how tough it is when you first start a new job. You're not going to be able to also, you know, being able to do that job search and everything else. So if it is something that's really important for people and it is a problem, then you need to put efforts in terms of doing it. It's not where it's not at the point where recruiters have so many options these days. It's not like before where, you know, they're going to be chasing you and they're going to be running around you, no matter how good your profile is. You might be great, and I'm sure each one of us is in terms of what they do, but there's also other people out there that are competing with you in terms of things. So it's not enough anymore to be great and just sit and wait. Yeah, It's really important to understand how important is your career for you? And is it really a problem? Do you really want to be satisfied with your career? And if you're not, then... Why don't you do something about it? Yeah. And I think you made such a great point about there's no need. It's, and it reminds me of like mental health. Um, there's no need, like when I compare it to men the reason I bring mental health into this, a lot of times, myself included, when I went to therapy when I hit khalas, rock bottom. Uh, there was a problem there, but I didn't address it. I didn't actively seek help, but there was a problem. But I just didn't do that. So I guess the same thing with, with uh, your career, with work. If you do feel that way, there's no need for it to get to a, a point, that point, you know, that point that you're like, khalas, you know, I don't care anymore. You know, you're, it's, it's really affecting your life in a negative way. Um, and like you said, a very good point is if you're putting in like 100% into finding a new job while you have a job, especially when we, uh, we mentioned, you know, like negotiations, for example, briefly, you have a big playing card that you can, you know, use like, why, okay. I have this job here. I'm getting paid this much. What you know? Why? Why would I? I have something to. I have something to bargain with. Um, so I think that's a really important point. <clears throat> Negotiating or looking from a position of power, and when you have the the choice to and the freedom to, not when you know you're kind of stuck in a corner and now you have to. Hundred percent. And I think for me, I mean, the 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 negotiation part comes as second. Yeah. The, the most important part is also having the freedom of choice because the reason why you're not fulfilled today is because you're probably not doing something that makes you happy, you know, mm -hmm. or maybe the company where you are is toxic or maybe you're not, you know, you're not, um, you're not, uh, how do you say, uh, you're not working well with your boss, whatever that is in terms of things, but you don't want to be in a position where you don't have a choice. You want to be in a position where you actually have that choice to take the job if you want to, let it go if you feel like it's not the right one yet in terms of things. And this is more important for me because we don't want to go back to square one where you're again in a position where, ah, but you know what, I'm not so sure because this is the reason we're doing that in the first place. And that's even more important. So you doing that whilst you have a security, at the end, you keep in mind, what do you have to lose? Your security is going to be there because if you land another job, you also have another job. So you're not, you're not losing that sense of security that people hide behind sometimes you know, in terms of box, I know it's COVID, you know, I have my job, it's safe, it's secure. I don't want to get the risk of, of going somewhere else. I'm good where I am now. Again, if it's not a problem, that's great. But if you feel like you're hiding behind it, but that you're not fulfilled and you're not happy, then the chance you're really taking is zero because at the same time, you're keeping your job, but you're actually looking for something new. And I think that's the best 
position you can be at that will actually get you to get the right opportunity for you to come along. I, I 100% exactly like you said, you, you're in a position that you potentially have two jobs that you can pick, you'll have two jobs that you can pick from, you have the freedom of choice. And I know there's, I think fear plays into is one of the big reasons why people don't make moves, why they don't ask for promotions. But in all areas of life, I think fear is there. Um, even the what we we're talking about before about you know the opportunity that you had and going on TV and so on. Yeah, there's fear. I've had, I'd, I would have fear too. Um, but I think, like you said, you I guess use that security that you have to your advantage if you have a problem. If you have a problem, if not, then there's no problem with that. You know, continue as you are. But if you do. Use it to your advantage. Don't let it hinder you, I think, is something that I've taken from, you know, listening to you. Um, but there's one thing. So I had a guest, I, and this is something I never knew. Uh, so I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts. So I had a guest on not too long ago, and he's also a career coach and so on. And we're talking about finding the meaning in your career and the importance of like personal branding and LinkedIn and so on. And he told me, Zakhala, did you know that 70% of the jobs that are available out there aren't even advertised? And I was like, what? Yeah. So he's like, you're, there's a whole, there's like, let's say a hundred thousand people applying for like 50 jobs that are, that have been put on LinkedIn or Indeed or any of these job sites. But he's like, there's another like 700,000 that no, that aren't even advertised that people don't have access to or are not aware of. So you're like, he's like, everyone's competing for such a small percentage of what's, of what is advertised. And there's so much more that's available. So I guess the question I have to you is, what are your thoughts on that? And if that is, the, and since, and apparently that is the case, how do we find that extra 70% or what, instead of being stuck in this, you know, like 10% that we're in right now? No, for sure. I mean, for me, I, I, I don't think it's a surprise anymore because, you know, I think, I mean, we've been sharing information about it, of course, in terms of, you know, there is a hidden job market, which we call, um, in a sense that, but it was it was the case before. It's not new. It's just less people were, I would say, uh, unemployed or less people were because the thing is with COVID. If we take a step back, COVID brought us to where we are today. In a sense that you'll see, I'm going to share a post a few days about that, but I'll just give you an update. There was an article in the UAE and even out there. It's not just UAE for the guys that are listening outside in terms of things that with COVID, 60% of people are planning. On leaving their jobs this year. Wow. Because they're happy. 60% of people, can you imagine each company? 60% of each company, more or less, is planning that. That doesn't mean, of course, again, we have to be mindful. Yeah. When we're saying planning, there's also the fear which we talk about coming up. Yeah. I'm planning, am I really going to? But even if you take 30% or 20% to be on a conservative scenario of every company, that's going to get people to leave this year, how much more competition are you going to get? Was it the case before? No. Mm. You didn't have, you had, of course, the job market has always been a market where you always have people that are unemployed, people that are moving jobs, that are applying for jobs, but not, I would say, as, um, not as, um, as it is today with COVID, not as much as it is with COVID, because with COVID, of course, it's same as when you have a financial crisis where you had uh, companies letting go of people all at the same time. Like it's a, it's a domino effect. It's not like one after the other, you know, in terms of things. And that's the reason why you have more people in the market. But it's important to realize that the hidden job market is not new. Mm. 
It's something that was always there. I'm going to ask you a question. How did you get any of your jobs in the past? Uh, or I would say the recent one, let's say, so we don't go back. To the... <laughs> um, literally, um, every job that I got was using uh, the old approach, which was just find, it, find the company. Just I know the position I was in sales, so I was just applying to sales positions and I just did a complete Unabomber approach. That's how I got all my jobs. But also there's an element of, yeah, yeah. I think there's an element of luck that also comes into every every job you get or something like that. So that's how I used to do it. I was never even aware that there was a hidden job market. No, and like if we, if we take a step back, so for example, these opportunities, put the resume aside because the resume for me is not important. How did you get to know about these jobs? Um, job websites, someone sent me something, you know, uh, my first my job was Cisco. My cousin literally just sent me a message and he's like, check out, you know, I know you're looking for sales, check out, you know, Cisco and so on. Um, they're hiring. I'm like, okay, I applied. And then, you know, a couple of months later, that that's how I got the job. So it was never. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So most of the time in the past, and especially in our region, you actually didn't get jobs from applying online only. Most of the time you got jobs because you knew someone inside that told you that there is a job or because someone is reaching out to you and there is a job. So the hidden job market was already there. It just wasn't advertised because not a lot of people were looking at the jobs at the same time, or you have a rush and an influx of people looking at jobs at the same time. It was always there. Mm. Networking is not new, guys, for people that are listening. Networking is just a marketing word we're using these days, which is obviously very relevant, but it's not a new approach. It's just one of the approaches you need to utilize more these days versus others to be able to have a, bit, a better chance. But yeah. it was always there. Even you need to go, you, need, you used to go to, to physical events, right? Not just virtual events, we would say these days, <laughs> to meet people and to get, you know, career fairs. And whatnot. But this is networking. Career fairs is networking. So for me, it's important for people to realize that the job market is not very different than what it was before. It's just more competitive. It's much more competitive. The hidden job market was always there, but it's just you need to realize what your strength like can be in terms of how to be able to stand out. What are the tactics you need to use to be able to stand out from other people? Yeah, I think um, when you asked me that question and I was like, what's from Kim trying to ask me? She's like, that's how you got to your last job. It was a hidden job market. I'm like, and I had never I had never realized that I'd never thought about how. That's like, kind of like you said, either, you know, someone in the company or through friends or someone that might put you in touch or something like that. That's how a lot of people, I guess, would find jobs in the past. Um, but I never associated that to being the hidden job market. But you're right. You're right. You're 100% right. Um, and another thing that I wasn't aware of, like that statistic that you that you were sharing, like 60% are planning, even even if we go super conservative and let's say 10% or 20%, that's a lot of people besides the ones that are already right now out of work exactly. and looking for jobs besides the people that are at the companies that are not happy and already looking. So it's just, it seems that as like COVID has made it, has like lit a fire on like that demand and has created so much more demand for stuff that for a limited pool of what's, of, of what's available. Um, and I would say like, the 60% is very simple because it's actually people realizing you're still with me, right? Yeah. Because the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Go ahead. 
Okay, it was frozen for one minute. So um, actually, I think it's important to realize that where is that 60% coming from? Again, because it's people understanding how important work is for them mm. and how much I would say, because we know with COVID people, people tend, people were, were working more. Yes, you were working at home, but you were connected all of the time before before COVID, you go, you go to work, you had a nine to six, you know, sometimes later jobs in terms of things. But when you got home, you got home. You disconnected. Yeah. You weren't expected to be able to be um, available to be reached, you know, in terms of things or being able to, to connect, you know, uh, uh, for a call or for a quick thing or responding back to an email or whatnot. Whereas with COVID, it became the norm. Whereas companies and businesses in general, and this is where we're talking about mental health, right, is pushing people because you were, you, were, you were there, you didn't have anything else to do. So, okay, I got an email, let me respond back. And then I was answering all the time. And then you were doing things all the time. And this is where there was no disconnection anymore. Mm. This is what drove people to actually, I would say a lot of people you would say came to a burnout uh, stage in a sense, because they were overworking and, you know, and didn't, they didn't have this connect, this connection part anymore. And they actually, a lot of them realize and are taking a step back to realize, am I really, um, am I really enjoying what I'm doing? Is it really what I want to do? Because COVID actually makes you realize in a cliche sense of way that you don't have infinite time. And this is more important, you know, and we're not here to be doomsday. Like it's not, it's not the point of the thing, of, of course. course, but it's important to realize that why would you want to waste your time hiding behind things that would give you a sense of security and stuff if you're not really excited about them, but you can actually go out in parallel because we're not saying letting go, yeah. but actually finding that thing that you're excited about. And that's where the 60% come from. They actually realize that why am I going to still do what I want to do when I can find that thing that will get that passion and that fire going again while still staying safe. And that's very important. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, I think COVID has been such a crazy experience, uh, and it's affected so I, many, so many different areas. Um, because, uh, like you were talking about, not only is like the negative, like when we're if we're speaking specifically about jobs and stuff, COVID has inc- uh, listening to you has increased so much more competition for what's there. But also, I think COVID was a wake up call for a lot of people because what you thought was so secure that job that that nine to six that you had for years that you were not happy with, all of a sudden, in a flash of an eye, got taken away from you. So many people became you know unemployed. So it also makes you start thinking like, I gave you know I was I gave everything for like I did I, I gave everything for this company and I did my job and whatever and I wasn't even that happy there and like I still like lost it so it's kind of like a wake up call I think there's a lot of negatives and positives that have that have come as a result of COVID um, but one thing that you mentioned and I totally agree with it um, which is the networking part now this is a lot of people talk about networking and I, I get it. I understand it. My podcast has been my biggest networking tool. That's how me and you have met. That's how I met all my other guests uh, in the past like two years. But the question is like how exactly how, you know, like I'm going to Kim. OK, you told me you have to I have to network. OK. What does that mean? Is that just engaging on LinkedIn? Like, you know, because I've had LinkedIn coaches on the show, too. So like. And also, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, though, when looking for a job, mm-hmm. I know how important networking is. But I also think it takes 
time. Because even if me and you connect, yep. I need to be posting content. I need to comment on your content and stuff before I can develop that relationship to a point to ask you like, oh, hey, Kim, I was just uh, curious. Do you Are there any openings at, you know, the company? So how does networking fit into like into the process? How do we do it? And if it's something that takes time, is how do we do it efficiently? Yeah. No, I mean, networking for sure, as you said, is something that is not new. I would say it might be new to some because it's uncomfortable because you used to rely more on applying online, but it's not something that's new. But definitely networking, I mean, it's in a in simpler way. Keep in mind, it is a long-term or let's say a mid to long-term uh, uh, tactic. Why? Because it's the same as if you met someone on the street. Although here you have a computer in front of you, which is even more tough, right? And even more challenging. If you meet someone at a career fair or a networking event, whatever it is, even if you created that, I would say, initial connection with the person, you will not directly initially reach out and say, I can I send you my CV? No matter how strong that relationship was built, right? In terms of things, unless that person proposed something at the time. Yeah. Building that connection with the person doesn't get built over a one hour or over a 10 minute conversation. But it's important to also realize that you treat it the same on, on online in terms of virtual connection, right? It's about, it's not just about, it's not a sales transaction. Exactly. Now you get annoyed when people on LinkedIn reach out to you because they're trying to sell you something on crypto. If you're not necessarily into it or pushing a product at you, you don't even respond most of the time in terms of things because it's annoying. And that's how it would feel if the first thing you would do is, you know, ask for someone to share your resume or whatever, and they don't even know nothing about you. Why would I even do that? Why would I put myself on the line where it's my reputation as well? Of course. And I don't even know. Yeah, of course. You need to build that in terms of, you know, relationship ongoing in terms of things. But however, in the meantime, of course, you need to make use of the resources that you have, mm. the connections that you have. And we all have more connections that we think we have. Some of them are going to be more, I would say, comfortable for you to reach out to because you probably have a closer connection with them. Some of them you might not necessarily want to reach out because it's a bit out of your comfort, but you need to do it because you still have that connection. So you have to push through. But this is how you would utilize more these connections and maybe the connections you have that will connect you with people in the companies you don't necessarily have a direct line with. And this is where the second connections come through. And in parallel, you build the longer game with people you don't necessarily know. Yeah. So it's not either or because engaging on a post on LinkedIn is good for brand image. True. It's not going to get you a job. <laughs> I mean, it's still good for brand image because you're sharing information, you're engaging, and definitely I would invite people to do that. But if I comment on someone's post or if I'm posting something, I'm not going to necessarily get a job because of it, right? Of course. I'm just building a brand image, which you need to do as well because it's important that you need to do more than just posting or engaging or commenting on something and whatnot. In terms of, it's not about the number of likes that you get. It's not about the number of comments. Who cares about these things? Yes, it gets you more visibility, but we want to get the right also visibility behind it. Mm. Not any visibility, mm. you know? And this is how it's important that networking is not just a one single approach kind of thing. Yeah, uh, I think oh, so many good points they mentioned. First of all, yes, not commenting on a post is not going to get you a job. <laughs> I think that's important to remember. <laughs> um, 
also talking about getting the right kind of visibility and i really like how you um use the example of how you compare it to meeting someone in real life and doing it online it's harder online because even in real life you have it's easier to create some type of emotion with the person well you know and if it was a good one they're gonna you will be top of mind but online like i'm gonna need to comment on your post consistently for be like oh Khaled commented on my post again okay but who's Khaled? let's you know let's have a look let's have a look at that um and like you said it is a medium to long-term strategy i think we do have more connections than um, we think we have uh so that's something that i sometimes forget i'm like i've had so many amazing guests on my podcast i could reach out and just how we could have a conversation about whatever maybe i could help them they could help me i think that's something important uh, important to remember uh, really important to remember as well um one thing um kim before, uh, just time wise i'm looking at our time how are we doing are we good it's okay we're okay okay I, yeah. I just have a few more. It's one thing I want to mention before, before also, because you, you mentioned something that's that's right in terms of things. Remember how we said also networking is a mid to long term game. This is also remember when we, we spoke about the fact of how important it is for people to actually take action when they would have more time versus you being squeezed. Yeah. This is also how important it is to realize that because it's not such a, you know, straight line and you know an easy road it might take a bit more time depending on one person to another this is when you want to try to action things on the go when you have that chance to do that versus you know starting when you're scrunched or running behind because you need to get a job or anything in terms of thing because you don't have time to actually do that exactly i think that's a that's actually a great point to i think net, networking is something you should be doing regardless of you're yeah. looking for work not looking for work so when you if you do are when you do start that process of looking for work if you have a network available that you've developed like a good connection with a strong connection with that you've created visibility you've taken care of like your brand it will be it will play a lot into helping you also something that i um that one of my guests actually advised me to do he's like Khaled, you should ask every guest you have to write you to write a recommendation for you about their experience on the show. And I'm like, man, that's a fantastic idea. Obviously, only if they if they I want whatever they write to be true. So if they've had a good experience, I would appreciate it, of course. But even me now, when I go look at yani, some people's LinkedIn, I always do. I go look for recommendations just to see. And yeah. the more, the better. And it really does add social proof. So even if you're in a company, you're in a job, you've worked with a client, um, just ask, be like, do you mind, you know, I'd really appreciate if you asked me to, if you could just write a small recommendation about how maybe I helped you with this issue or whatever. It's really going to add credibility to you when, I, when you're in that process and looking for work. 100%. Then what do you have to lose? If the person says no, you move on to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> people are always scared that, oh, what if they don't respond? What if they, what, so what if they don't respond? Exactly. What if they don't respond? So what? You just focus on the next person and the next person and the next thing. You don't stop at the things that, you know, you don't, but I would say one thing on the recommendation, which some people um, take the wrong way, I would say, reach out to people you've actually interacted with and you actually worked with. Because some people sometimes also reach out to people that they don't know much about them and you're asking them to write a recommendation, which is not necessarily the right thing. You know, like in a sense that you have these random, I would say, requests in terms of recommendation. And I would say maybe that's not the best thing because then the people, the person can, the people, people that you're asking for in that case won't be able to give you a proper recommendation, which is personalized and would actually, you know, want to portray the things that you want to portray in terms of things. So I would, I would be very mindful to definitely recommendation is super important, 
but pick the right recommendations or, or I would say select the right people for the recommendations to be able to portray the profile that you want to portray. A hundred percent. I think in my mind, it wouldn't make sense for me to either write someone or ask for a recommendation if we haven't worked together on something. We haven't, we don't have a connection. There isn't a reason for me to ask you for one and there's no reason for me to ask you for one. So no, I think, but I think it's a good point. Um, be selective because yeah. pick the right people because the people you've worked with, if they give you a good recommendation, it will really carry you forward in the long run in whatever you're trying to do. Um, I wanted to move on. We've talked a lot about, we've talked about, you know, the reasons we have, we've talked that stop us. We've talked about the mindset. We've talked about trying to beat these systems, improving the CV and so on. But we now we let's say we've had a great time. It's been a great process. Me and Kim, me and you have been working together. Okay, we've broken door one, broken door two. And now it's time to nail the interview, as you would say. So, yeah, um, I really like what you said. And it's so true. And I think if you go in with this mindset, you it will put you in a good place. Treat your interview like it's a first date. 100 percent, 100, 100, 100 percent. So I have uh, before I have a funny story. So when I initially was applying for work uh, from like uh, even the Cisco job, like a year before that, uh, I was applying to companies and so on. And I'd get an interview and stuff and I'd always leave. And I'm like, Oh, that, you know, that went well, that went well, you know, I, yeah, I, f- I feel good. I don't know. It didn't feel like hectic. It was, we seemed to have a good conversation. Fine. I, I was young though. Uh, and then, uh, so my uncle, he, um, he was in, he was like the head of sales for his company. So he was, and he's in charge of recruiting salespeople and recruit recruitment in general. So he's like, and I kept just getting rejections, even though I thought I had a good, I did the interview went well, you know, I felt good about it. So I asked him, he's like, how about let's sit down one day? And he, and I, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he interviewed me fully, you know, like a full on interview. Like, I don't know you, you don't know me asking all the questions that an interviewer would ask and, uh, and see what happens. I'm like, okay, fine. So I did it. I did the interview, whatever we finished. And I finished and I'm like, oh, I feel like pretty good. That was, you know, that was good. And he looked at me, he's like, if I was, he's like, if it was me, I wouldn't hire you. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That was such a big, like, shock to me. That means because it meant that everything that I felt went well, clearly didn't. I clearly didn't say the right things. I wasn't giving the right image off. Um, and I really learned, like, down. that was such a big wake-up call that moving forward with every job I got, obviously get better with every interview you do. You learn from the last one what you should say, not say, or why did this work here? Use it again. But I didn't realize that there's a... Um, there's an art to interviewing. There's there's a mindset. There's a strategy behind it that I wasn't even that I wasn't even aware of. So, when it comes to the interview, I think one thing to keep in mind, and I think uh, I'm sure you would agree, is number one, it's a two way street. I think that mentally helps you maybe like relax a bit because I, I saw your talk about if you're stressed, you know, take some deep breaths, you know, power poses, you know, take a pause, whatever, before you answer a question. Um, but from your perspective. How should we be, how should I be thinking about this interview? What, like, what are some key tips or things I need to keep in mind when I'm having um, either my first interview, second, third, whatever the case might be? So could you tell us what's your, how our mindset or strategy should be when going into an interview? So I think the most important thing with the interview is coming back again first to mindset. Mm. And mindset comes from first really, really, um understanding who you are 
and knowing what your key strengths are and how to sell yourself. That's the first thing. If you don't have these three, then you will not be able to perfect your interview in the first place. And that's from your side in terms of things. But then the second point is looking at the opposite, um, the person sitting in front of you, it's about understanding who that person is. Mm. What would make a difference for them? What are they trying to get as information that you would want to share with the type of questions they are asking? For example, if they ask you about, I'm saying anything, computer skills question, that means that actually this is very important for them. They're not asking just because of the sake of, actually, of asking, but that gives you insights on with the type of questions that they ask, what kind of answer are they expecting? Mm. And you would be able to tailor your answers based on that as well. It's very important. And I would say these are the two things that are really, really important. So first, it starts with yourself before even looking at the other person, knowing how to read the room or knowing how to, you know, sell yourself for that particular role and for that particular company is very important. But then the second thing is also understanding who's in front of you. What matters to them? Not what matters to me. Not what I want to say. What matters to them? Mm. What would make a difference? And this is how you would be able to really, you know, nail your interview in any, in any case in terms of making sure that this person leaves with a good impression in their mind and has you as top of mind, not just with a good impression because there is something where they said, okay, I like that guy, but did I like that guy enough for me to want him on my team? Mm. There is a very big difference. Would you say that, um, I think you, you said it really well, that it's, there's, two, there's two different people in this whole interview. There's you yourself and how do I sell myself and how do I project myself in the best way? And also understanding who is this person, what, how, how, much, how are they going to affect the process moving forward and what, what are the kind of things that they care about and ask. So is it important? before you're doing an interview to do, uh, I, I would at least think to do a good amount of research on who you're going to be speaking to and about, you know, about the company and all that kind of stuff. hundred percent. That's a given, of course, in terms of, you know, it all starts with same as when you're doing your job search and you're researching, you cannot go in improvising, right. Without practicing, without really understanding what are the values of the company? What, what, what is the synergy between me and that company? Um, searching obviously on LinkedIn about that person in terms of from the information you might be able to understand, but a bit more maybe about their career path. Are they more of a salesperson? Are they more of a marketing person? Are they more of a supply chain person? Whatever, depending of course on the type of roles you're applying for as well. Would give you a sense of understanding of what would they be looking at more or what type of questions can you expect more from the interview coming so you can then rehearse a bit better, but of 100% in a sense that research is a given in a sense that you really need to do your proper research before going in that room or virtually if it's an online interview to be able to deliver the best of what you can do. Exactly, exactly. And I think you made a good point that that has to be a key part of the process because the more research you do, the more information you have, the better you're going to, the more prepared you're going to feel, which is going to affect your confidence and probably the better you're going to be going to be able to answer their, the interviewer's questions and so on. Um, I have just three more questions for you. Um, Kim, sorry, I know we're running a little bit over. Um, so first of all, I think we've spoken today about 
a lot of things. I've learned so much today from you just even listening because you never know what the future holds. You know, if you look for work and so on, like having all these things is super useful to me. And I think anyone looking for a job can take so much away from this. Um, but given everything we've spoken about today, from your experience, uh, from the clients you've worked with and so on, what I guess is where do people fall the most? In the sense that in this whole process of building my profile, then getting my CV ready, then applying and then standing out in the interview and then the negotiation and so on. Where have you seen that the bulk of people are failing when it comes to finding that dream job or that job that they're looking for? I think it's a mix, actually. Okay. Because I get a lot of people that are not able to, when they're applying, get any kind of results or any kind of response, or they're getting rejection after rejection, and they're not even getting to the first, you know, interview stage in terms of things. And there's a lot of people there. However, there's also a lot of people that actually do get that chance of getting to the first round, but then they stop there. Okay. So either they don't go past the first round, or in some cases as well, they go through the third, third and second, and, you know, third and second, how many rounds they are, but they're not able to get the job at the end. So there is still something that's not there. So there is three types of buckets, right? And it's not a one more versus the other because I think it's, I realize it really depends on the person, how they are applying and the process that they are using. Okay. So a lot of people fall into the, I'm not getting any results kind of thing from the, from the applying online or networking visibility. The second bucket, which is, I'm not able to go past the first interview. And the third bucket, which is, I'm going all the way, but I'm not getting to the finish line. Yeah. Even if they go for seven rounds of interviews, it's like, I'm not getting the job. There's something that's not working. So I'm doing things right, but there is something that's not working there. Yeah. So I really get, I would say, equally as much people in each of these three buckets. But these are the three major, I would say, um, major, I would say, faults, I would say, or, or, or challenges, I'd say, uh, that are coming behind behind the job process itself and a lot of the time most important again that we spoke about before is very much not just about the process itself but about mindset mm. even if you know it might not be uh in front of the person's you know very clear to people in terms of when they're applying i'm like oh, i don't have any self-confidence issues it might not be very prominent but there is some you know limiting beliefs that are behind you that are not helping you go all the way. It might not be the I'm not good enough kind of thing. I mean, that are kind of limiting belief, but there is still some trigger there mm. that you are not acknowledging that some of the times are also preventing you from getting into that process. I got you. And that makes, you know, I, that makes a lot of sense. I think everyone, depending on where you are in your career, depending on your process, depending on, I think it all comes back to everything we've spoken to today. It's, Process plus mindset gets results. Um, so whatever is, if if you're lacking somewhere, you know, the, I guess figuring out where is the lacking in the process. But before that, like we said from the beginning, all starts with mindset. So I think if people start focusing on developing that conf that confidence that you that we were talking about, and then putting in the right process behind it, you probably you know. You got, you got a good chance. You got a good chance. You'll get to where you want to go. Uh, Kim, I just have two more questions for you. These are questions that I ask all my guests. So first of all, 
either looking back at your career or personally, when I ask you, what are you most proud of for yourself? What would you say? Definitely starting my own business. Starting your own business? In a sense that first, it's about the courage that you take, you know, of starting an own business, which, which is not something that's easy. But more importantly as well, when we spoke about fulfillment, it's about doing what's not in the norms or pushing back, I would say, to actually chase the thing that you know will get you um, the most fulfillment. And this is where... It's not easy to do that because you're going to get challenges from society, from your family, from friends, whatever it is in terms of things, you know, oh, is it the right time? Or, you know, is it, is it going to give you money? Is it going <laughs> to, whatever you want to hear in terms of things. But it's the courage to actually, the courage, the motivation, the drive to actually keep going, no matter what challenges are thrown back. So keep in mind also when you set up and you open your business, it's not something that is, you know, <laughs> working directly in terms of things. <laughs> For right? sure. It's a challenge you single sense of the way right you're not going to have like you know any work-life balance at the beginning you're going to have a lot of compromises to make and this is where life is actually throwing you that challenge to ask you do you really want it how much do you really want it right you're like sending a message i want that but they're like do you really want it how much do you really want it right and i think this is what i'm most proud of because I am where I am today, right, in terms of things. And I was, I'm able to help so many people, you know, thousands of people out there be in a situation where I was, but get out of it. And I think that's the most gratifying, you know, um, fulfillment I get from my job, much more than a monetary aspect and anything that's secondary. And I think that's the most important part. And I, I am, you know, obviously I am very proud of that because it's something that I would want for other people to have as well. So I know how... I would say I know how, how um, tough it is to push beyond the boundaries, to push beyond your comfort zone because I've been there. But I also know that if you really want it enough, then same as I did with my clients, anything is possible if you want it enough. It's just, are you willing to do the right effort? Are you willing to make it a priority number one? If yes, then there shouldn't be anything stopping you from that. That's, that's awesome. And I really, um, I think there's been a key theme across everything we've spoken about today is how much do you want it i think that's a very important question to keep asking to to keep asking yourself because i think sometimes when you're starting whatever you're doing in your career starting a business uh, looking for that job <clears throat> you have that initial like push that drive but kind of like with the like we were talking about earlier when you when you start getting comfortable in where you're going and a little bit you know overwhelmed and stuff it's very easy for you know that motivation to be affected i've experienced that myself you know it's especially i think you know if you're trying to do your own thing and you are the business kind of like where you with same thing with you it's just if you have a bad day i can't be like look around and blame like oh it's because of because of that i have to look in the mirror and it's just like me and i'm like ah oh, you you didn't do well today I'm like yeah okay yeah it wasn't <laughs> so keeps you accountable which is not always easy but i think keep continuously asking you that question uh how much do you want it is amazing and also that feeling of leaving with all the fear with all the challenges and now being able to help other people not just from a financial perspective or whatever and a personal one is awesome and really nice to see so i'm super happy for you um and for my last uh question what is the message you'd like everyone to take home with them today kim 
Well, you know, one of the people I really look up to, and you know, it's one of you know the well the famous people in terms of things. So there are three people I look up to usually in terms of things. And I'm going to answer your question. I'll explain why. <laughs> sure, please. So I would say, and and these are people that have actually been there with me for three years. I mean, they've been the same people. Maybe that will change in the future, but they're still the same three people. And I explain why. So the first one is Richard Branson. And the reason why I look up to him is because he's one of the business owner, I would say that not only shows you the good things, right? Like if you read his book in terms of, you know, uh, I think it was, I forgot the name of the book, Virginity. I'll be like a virgin, something like that. Anyway, it's his uh, autobiography in terms of things. But he, he explains to you, you know, the, the story of how he, how he started. And you can clearly see that there were lots of challenges, not just at the beginning, but throughout. But it's so like, this is where you get that drive and that motivation to understand that it's not about it. You have to fail to be able to go past, right? Like he's the type of business owner that actually gets his employees and people around him to work on any ideas that they have and to fail at these ideas so that they can select the winning ones. And from him, it's actually realizing that it's not a clear, a clear path, you know, kind of way. It's actually, you know, path that you will have rocks on, but do you, can you, you know, actually move that rock and keep going in terms of thing? And it's fine if that rock hurts you a bit, but you keep going. And that's yeah. really what I like about it. Apart from him being humble and, you know, more human, I would say than, than Again, that's from a subjective perspective from other, other, you know, people out there. The second one would be Obama and Obama. Why? And the reason that he broke the, I would say the, the concept of, you know, obviously he was, you know, the first black president in terms of the United States, but more importantly, because no one believed he could do it, but he proved, you know, everyone wrong in terms of thing. And that's actually realizing that it's okay if no one has done it before. Yeah. You don't necessarily need to follow other people. Mm. It's not because people want you to fit with other people, but you don't need to fit with other people if it's, if it's not been done before. And the opposite, do something that hasn't been done if it's obviously aligning with your, with your, you know, your purpose and your why. And then the last one, and I left the last one on purpose <laughs> till the end. But I mean, for this person, it's, it's also like, I would say it's a lot of things I really, I really enjoy about that person, but it's, you know, it's Walt Disney in terms of things. And, and because he's, uh, I mean, obviously his, his own thing is that saying that anything, you know, uh, the impossible is only in your imagination in terms of things, because everyone created things that were impossible, let's say termed impossible at the beginning until someone did something about it. Yeah. And I'm not going to say because you have so many examples, some of them that will be very relevant to people when they, when, they, when they focus on that. But if you just look at that part, it's actually making you realize that no matter what your goal is, and that's my, what I want to end with, you know, in terms of what I, what I would say in terms of things, no matter what it is that you want to do, you can always make it happen if you really want to. Again, I think you have to find the you have to have find the will you want to have the time nothing is impossible of course if you tell me so let's be realistic if you tell me i'm a junior brand manager and i want to become ceo of a fortune 500 companies we're not talking about that you can still make it happen that's just not going to happen tomorrow yeah <laughs> it needs to be but from a realistic perspective if you have something you think is not possible anything is possible when you actually make it happen and that's what i want to leave with because i think it's important for people to actually realize that when we're saying we're fighting the wrong enemy, most of the time people don't do things or don't take the next step because 
they're the ones stopping themselves from actually doing something. And they're pretending that other things around them are stopping them from doing so, whether it's COVID or society, but you're still the one deciding that you're going to say it's COVID stopping me from doing. So you're the one stopping yourself from doing something. Yeah. Remove these barriers, break down these barriers, understand why is it important for you to do what you want to do? Because once you find that, you're going to have so much motivation that nothing is going to stand and you're going to be able to really want to make that thing happen for you. Yeah. Hundred, hundred, hundred percent. I echo everything you just said, and I totally agree that um, when you start something, especially even if it's whether it's been done before, whether it's not, when you're going out on your own, there's all that fear, there's that self doubt, and like you correctly said, a lot of times in all aspects of our life, our worst enemies are ourselves, are those beliefs that we had, you know, that little voice in the back of your head that's like, you're not good enough or you can't do it and so on. Um, but I also liked the examples you gave because I like to hear stories like that too because sometimes you get too in your head and you get stuck and, you know, you get like just caught up in like those like negative thoughts. And then you read something that I see something like that, you know, for me, a person that I really look up to just because I... like. Is, uh, for example, his name is uh, Elon Musk. And the reason why is this guy, what I love about him, he's like, imagine I came to you tomorrow. I'm like, Kim, I'm going to make an electric car. This is like 20 years ago. And I'm going <laughs> to take over the world with it. Not only that, I'm going to go to space for a tenth of the price. Like, it's something so ridiculous and outrageous that no one in the world in their right mind when he first said it to them would have been like oh yeah cool man okay yeah for sure I'm, i really believe you're gonna do that but he did and that's what i so it's people like him and, and the examples that you said too that remind me that it's only impossible until it's done and i think that is a beautiful way to end the show uh kim thank you so much for coming on today this Thanks. has been a lot of fun learned so much from you had some laughs um, before, um, where can people find you if they want to work with you, want to connect with you, please let us know. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, the easy way to reach out to me is definitely LinkedIn. Um, you know, you, you'll type, you know, my name, Kim Araman, and then you would find me. And then I usually respond to all of my DMs. So you can just drop me a DM and then, and then, and then you can reach out to me there. Uh, I am, I also have an Instagram, although I'm not very active there. So definitely LinkedIn is something I'm more active with. I also have my website nailyourinterview.com in case people want to get to know more about me or my program first before reaching out to me then of course they can reach out to me but the easiest would definitely be linkedin 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 it is uh guys you heard it here if you're looking for that next job you're struggling you don't know where to go uh make sure to check out um kim's work she really is amazing um and i think she will if you're stuck somewhere and you're looking for that dream job she's the person to talk to kim thank you so much again yeah please uh, because I know that a lot of people would be listening. So just for them to know as well, I'm running a masterclass, which is a free masterclass actually on Monday. Uh, so next Monday, uh, 7th of February, uh, which is about, you know, three steps to land your dream job in 60 days. So if you're at this stage today, you've been listening, you are not just interested, but you're really wanting to change, you know, that career uh, goal and really get that career goal going for you in 2022, then uh, just follow me on LinkedIn. So on my post for the next uh, week or so before the 7th, there is, uh, there is a um, call to action under, under each post that will drive you to register to the masterclass, which is a free masterclass. So reach out to me. 
connect with me or register on the masterclass and that will also give you um, free value for you to be able to know how to take charge of your career moving forward. Awesome, awesome. You heard it here, guys. You heard it first. Um, make sure to check out Kim's work. If you're interested in the masterclass, you know how to register. Connect with her on LinkedIn. Uh, to everyone else, thank you so much for listening, guys. As always, follow and subscribe and share the podcast at hope.it.helps with two S's. And as always, guys, hope it helps. Peace.